0: What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Crabs, Locked On Dolphins. Today on the show, we are unveiling the 2022 Miami Dolphins Pass Rush Project. My in depth look to explore how the Dolphins Pass Rush evolved throughout the 2022 season. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today is Friday, January 7th, 2023, and today on the show, we are looking at the Dolphins' pass rush unit in 2022. More specifically, the pre-versus-post-Bradley Chubb Miami Dolphins' pass rush and an exploratory measure into just how impactful Bradley Chubb was or was not into the Dolphins' defensive ability to rush the passer. And Thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. On most days, I should say, it's uh, it's about 4.30 in the afternoon on Friday. I did this podcast once already this morning at about 6.30 in the morning, and we had some technical difficulties with our streaming-slash-recording provider, so... Uh, I'm doing it again. The good news is I'm fresh. I brushed off. I got the whole script down. I did the the trial run, the dress rehearsal this morning. I'm ready to have a good show. So I hope you guys are too. Uh, today's episode of Locked on Dolphins is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. So I, I tease this a little bit. This was a project that started for me in mid-October. And it was dedicated to, at the time, uh, the Jalen Phillips discourse. Jalen Phillips pressures versus stats. And who cares if Jalen Phillips is getting pressures? He can't get the quarterback on the ground. The sack numbers aren't there. He's not very good. Well, you know, in retrospect... I think we'd all look back at the season that Jalen Phillips had with the complete body of work. And we'd all agree Jalen Phillips was an absolute beast. But what that ultimately prompted me to do was I have a chart here and it's all the games that the dolphins played. And there there's more visual data as well for this, but only the YouTube watchers will appreciate uh, the nerdiness that just got put on their screens. I have all 18 games the Dolphins play across 19 weeks this season. And I tracked a number of statistics according to next-gen stats, pro football reference, and uh, had an opportunity to look at the Dolphins' pass rush. And again, this started with Jalen Phillips, and then Jalen Phillips midseason, everybody kind of accepted Jalen Phillips being the standout player that he is, and instead the focus then flipped to Bradley Chubb, who the Dolphins moved to 1-4-plus at the trade deadline and gave a trade contact to, or a a new contract to. So this project, uh, using pro football reference and next-gen stats, is dedicated to a number of measures, and it looks at all the quarterbacks the Dolphins played throughout the course of the season. And it looks at the following numbers. Time to throw, average time to throw in the game against the Dolphins in any given week. It also looks at that quarterback's respective average time to throw and cross their entire body of work for the season and measures the discrepancy between the two. How quickly does a quarterback on average get the ball out when they play all teams versus how quickly did the quarterback get the ball out when they face the Dolphins? It looks at said quarterback's average depth of target in the contest against the Dolphins versus their average depth of target across the entirety of their individual 2022 resumes and the difference between the two. It looks at how many sacks the Dolphins logged in these contests. It looks at the percentage of attempts, pass attempts, which were pressured throughout the course of the game. It looks at completions, attempts, touchdowns, and interceptions beyond 10 yards past the line of scrimmage, so 10-plus air yards downfield. And then it also tracks raw pressures and raw attempts for the season. So here's what I can tell you. The Dolphins logged 335 total pressures across all of their players across 663 pass attempts. One other piece of uh, context, because context is king in all things, Um, these games logged 18 games, no Byron Jones. 12 games, no Nick Needham. 11 games, no Brandon Jones. Two games, no Xavier Howard. Also two games down 21 or 14 respective points at certain points in the game. Uh, so it, it kind of looks to quantify, okay, here's the asterisks that go with each game along the schedule for the players they did and did not have. you You find commonalities between the two. And there's some commonalities that exist. The Dolphins two I should, I should say the two of the Dolphins four lowest games this season, as far as attempts opposing attempts against them with pressure allowed, were the games that Xavier Howard did not dress. The Jets game and the Patriots game, the first Jets game and the second Patriots game. So I, I figure we could start here. I'm going to read you guys some numbers, and then we'll get into what the numbers mean and how the numbers divide across the Dolphins' calendar from this past year. But I'm going to give you the percent of attempts that were pressured across the Dolphins' entire season by game. Attempts that were pressured by the Dolphins across their entire season per game. 13.3% Week 1. 34% Week 2. 73% 73% week three, 43% week four, 28% week five. That was the Noseavian Howard jet ski. 60% week six against the Minnesota Vikings. Week seven, 38%. Week eight, 37%. Week nine, 28.5%. That was the trade deadline. 80%. So if you just look at it from a plus or minus 50% of pressures, the Dolphins had two games before the trade deadline across eight. They were two for eight attempting 50-plus attempts in the first two games, or in, in in the first two months of the season. The Dolphins only had two games after the trade deadline. Well, Three, if you include the, the Justin Fields game, in which he ran all over and scrambled like crazy. They only had three games after the trade deadline that had less than a 50% pressure rate. And you can boil that down to one player in particular. It was Bradley Chubb because Bradley Chubb did not dress for the last two games of the regular season. The Dolphins faced 362 pass attempts this season without Bradley Chubb on the or on the roster dressing on game day not even on the field just dressing on game day. 362 attempts. they manufactured 156 pressures across those 362 attempts. its a 43 percent rate. With Bradley Chubb active on game days for the Dolphins, they faced 301 pass attempts, so 61 less pass attempts, and yet they manufactured 23 more pressures for a total of 59% attempt rate that was pressured for the season when Bradley Chubb was active on game day versus not. Think about that. 43% versus 59%, 16% discrepancy. That's a 40% boost with Bradley Chubb on the roster of attempts that were pressured. It's a pretty significant number. Not a big math guy, but I'm enough of a math guy to know that these numbers across the entire body of work for the season and the trend lines when you plot it out and you see what the trend of pressure rate was from the start of the year to the end of the year, it tells you a story and you can get into process versus results and all that kind of stuff. And that's exactly what we are going to do next on the show. We're going to talk about the process versus the results of Bradley Chubb, even though the results at times were good, even if they didn't yield the kinds of wins and losses that you would have hoped that they would. But before we do I have to tell you about our friends, one of our very reliable sponsors here on locked on, which is LinkedIn, LinkedIn. Uh, is one of of today's sponsors as a small business owner or hiring manager. You know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with, and that is why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals and your team's goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools, and they go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post, companies and their eighty eight hundred and seventy five million 875 million member profiles to put you in front of the most qualified candidates. You can identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn jobs helps you find those qualified candidates to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. It's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. So we've acknowledged the context that exists with the course of the Dolphins season. Two thirds of their game without two thirds of their games without at least two of their original five starters in the secondary. And I understand that even in the world in which Bradley Chubb is on the field for the Dolphins. They didn't necessarily play all of their situational football opportunities to an optimal degree. But this is where it gets really interesting for me because we're talking about the Vic Fangio's of the world, the Sean Desai's of the world, uh, potentially the the Steve Wilkes's of the world. He's somebody who I'd like to see the Dolphins give an interview to. All of these coaches who are rooted in zone defenses. And all of their principles rely on four- and five-man pressures versus whatever the Dolphins did this year. And there's numbers that are included here that are very valuable, and they have paint a very valuable picture as far as what the Dolphins are, where the Dolphins need to change. And it is those statistics on attempts for the season inside of versus outside of 10 yards beyond the line of scrimmage. The Dolphins on the season Conceded 97 completions of 10 plus air yards down the field, according to NextGen stats. I went chart by chart and counted. But they conceded 97, att- 97 completions on 214 attempts, 10 plus air yards down the field. That's a completion percentage of 45%, 10 plus yards downfield. You contrast that. With the completion percentage of throws inside of 10 yards from the line of scrimmage. Opposing quarterbacks were 342 for 449 inside of 10 yards, and I understand, statistically speaking, the closer to the line of scrimmage you get, the higher the completions of passes. I get it. I get it. But you're talking about a 31% difference in completion percentage. How do you fix that? How do, you, how do you how do you go from 40, 45% 10-plus air yards downfield to 76% completion inside of 10 yards across 450 attempts, effectively? You got to get extra bodies into coverage. And that's the difference between Josh Boyer's ideology and the Patriots' ideology and bringing extra bodies than the protection can account for versus playing more zone coverage, capping routes, reading the quarterback and having reactive quickness and relying on your front to get home. And the numbers are right here. The Dolphins with Bradley Chubb dressed on game day pressured opposing quarterbacks at a rate of 59% of attempts. Without Bradley Chubb active on game day, that number was 43%, 16% lower. That, to me, is good process to add a player like that. Now, the results were not there, and I think the results were not there, not there to some degree because, as we've all acknowledged, the Dolphins didn't really change the way they played. They're going to have to. But that number's too big for me to just say, ah, oh, well, they can't do it. No, they can do it. Riley Chubb and Christian Wilkins and Jalen Phillips and, and you know, when this project initially started, the point of it was to look at, yeah, they're not getting a lot of pressure But the reason why is because quarterbacks, opposing quarterbacks against the Dolphins, are getting the ball out faster, and they are not contending versus their season average. And that didn't necessarily end up to be completely true, but that's thanks in large part to the last four games of the regular season and three occurrences against Josh Allen. Fun fact about Josh Allen, he's the only quarterback the Dolphins played all season long, and he did this in all three games. So internalize that he's the only quarterback the dolphins faced all season long that held the ball on average across a 60 minute contest. than his longer against the dolphins than his season average. He held the ball in the first contest, 2.87 seconds on average across 63 pass attempts. His season average was 2.82. He held the ball 2.87 seconds from snap to release across 40 attempts in the second matchup, and his season average is 2.82. We've established his season average is 2.82. He threw the ball 39 times in the wild card game and held the ball on average for 3.15 seconds. No other quarterback exceeded their season average of snap to release quickness in the game against Miami than Josh Allen, and he did it all three games. And you look at Josh Allen. It's interesting the game that the Dolphins won. They prompted Josh Allen to throw the ball at 5.7 depth of target yards depth of target per attempt across 63 attempts. Week 15 that number was 11.3, week 18 or 19 I should say the wild card game that number was 15.5 average depth of target yards. 15.5 it's a monster number. And yet in that game, the Dolphins pressured Josh Allen 74% of his dropbacks, and he was sacked seven times. Miami finished with 47 sacks on the season, and seven of them came in that wildcard contest. You saw a stretch of time in the losing streak in which opposing quarterbacks found the balance against Miami's pass rush. They got the ball out quicker, but they also pushed the ball further down the field. And this was because Miami fell back into, in my mind, uh, a lot of the same coverage calls in critical down-and-distance situations, and you knew what you were going to get, and you knew where the space was going to be, and you knew if you got the ball back and you got to the top of your drop and you laid one out in the space, a la the Aaron Rodgers method, running slot fade against one man, you would have shots down the field. Case in point, Aaron Rodgers, 2.52 seconds, 8.4 average depth of target. They pressured Aaron Rodgers on 36% of his attempts. Against Mac Jones the following week, 2.35 seconds versus 2.69 average, 8.8 depth of target versus 7.8 for the season. And they pressured Mac Jones on 33.3% of his dropbacks, and Xavier Howard did not play, and neither did Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb did not play in the season finale against Joe Flacco either, and that pressure rate still managed to get up to 51.5%. So all of this discourse right now, Bradley Chubb is this, Bradley Chubb is that, Bradley Chubb is was a disappointment. Bradley Chubb did not deliver it's a bad contract and a bad trade for Bradley Chubb. I don't want to hear it. And that's just my opinion. And if you, if you disagree, that's fine, but I at least have some tangible numbers that I'm, I'm showing you to provide context on my beliefs. And I've also studied this draft class. And I can tell you the player that was going to be available at 29, 30, 31 or 32 in the draft order, or I guess technically 28, 29, 30 or 31, since there's 31 first round picks. Um, was not going to be a better football player than Bradley Chubb. They were not going to be a more pro ready impact player than Bradley Chubb. You were going to have to move off of that spot and you don't trade what you traded for Bradley Chubb to get pressures and talk about contingencies in the contract. But yet those things do exist. The pressure rate, 16% high, it's a 40% increase in your pressure rate on opposing quarterback snaps for the season. It's a good process. It's a valuable position. I think as long as Bradley Chubb is able to play the majority of seasons healthy for the Dolphins, it's going to be a fruitful and productive player in my mind. And the Dolphins did do well to structure his contract in a certain way. And I'm glad that we're not having sitting here having to have this conversation about Jalen Phillips because Jalen Phillips was the only dude getting consistent pressures game in and game out. And there was nobody on the side to consistently get pressure. Sometimes it'd be Melvin Ingram, sometimes it'd be Christian Wilkins, but it just wasn't a complimentary group. And we just kind of de facto committed to, OK, well, we're going to manufacture Jalen Phillips on the free run and give him a run to quarterback. And that's great. But if you have less bodies behind it in coverage, quarterbacks get the ball out of their hands quicker. And that's what the Dolphins faced all season long. The season average across 663 attempts for the Dolphins was 2.68 seconds versus the, the all of those quarterbacks and all the other attempts that they had for throughout the entire course of the season was 2.83. It's almost two tenths of a second faster when they played the Dolphins versus every other team in the NFL. Some significant numbers. And we talked about contingencies with the Bradley Chubb contract, and that's where we're going to bring this thing home today, but not before we talk to you about one of our new sponsors here on the show, one that we are super juiced about, our new sports betting partner for Locked On, because it's the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers can get started today with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props and you can combine your bets for bigger payout with same day, same game parlays all on an app that is safe secure and super easy to use so football fans don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet and get $150 in free bets win or lose at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Let's pull up Bradley Chubb's contract. Five-year, $110 million. So it's an average of $22 million per season. He's entering into one year one of this deal here and now. And the concern, obviously, with Bradley Chubb is not production. He's had successful sack artists' seasons in the NFL. The pressures have been strong, as evidenced by the fact that he boosted the Dolphins per year attempt pressure rate by 40% when he dressed on game day versus when he did not. That's good process. I'm sorry. It is the durability component. And, of course, he came to Miami and he played with a high ankle sprain and that impacted his ability to finish a lot of plays. And he took two games off at the end of the regular season and came back in a wild card game. And I'll be darned if he didn't look really good. Made an impact play. Showcased what he's capable of being on a game-by-game basis. That's the concern. Well, the concern, if the concern is durability, then flexibility with your cap situation is of the utmost importance. And the, the Dolphins, in this contract, managed to do exactly that. Because the Dolphins have Bradley Chubb under contract through the end of 2027. But if things go south, they can get out of this deal after 2024, a.k.a. the next two seasons, paying him significant amounts of cash, $19.5 million in new cash this year, $20.5 million in new cash next year, and cap hits of 22 and $23 million, with less than $5.5 million in dead cap after the next two seasons. So you got a player with a first-round pick that's going to be in the late 20s or 30s. You got a player with a pick that late in the first round who gave a 40% pressure increase to your team when he was on the field. You gave a $110 million contract to, but you can get out of that contract after two years with less than $5.5 million in dead cap. What, What... What's the downside? Is the downside the opportunity cost of who you might have to get rid of instead? Because if you're telling me, oh, well, Bradley Chubb comes at the cost of Emmanuel Agba, I'm not going to lose an ounce of sleep. I'm sorry, I'm not. Agba's been a sturdy, reliable player for the Dolphins. In the first two years he was here, he's a nine-sack guy in the Flores-esque system. We're not playing that world anymore. We're not going to be living in that world. And as a result, you need guys who can more organically win. Emmanuel Agba is a really good run defender. He's a player I'd love to have in-house. But if you find a trade partner, and the consolation is we have to move Emmanuel Agba, who did not play well when he played this year and then injured, uh, tore his triceps and missed the end of the year, If that's the player that you have to transition away from for the Bradley Chubb thing to happen, I don't see it as enough of a negative to undo all of the things that we just talked about from the value of the player that you got with the first round pick to the financial flexibility to get out after the next two seasons to the ceiling of what he's capable of doing versus what he actually did for your team this year, regardless of whether or not we want to acknowledge it or not because the Dolphins didn't win enough games versus what our expectations were based on the what their record was at the time they made the trade and how they peaked at 8-3. and three. I don't know. All I know is this project was very illuminating for me to gain an appreciation of what the Dolphins' defense did before Bradley Chubb arrived and what the Dolphins defense did after Bradley Chubb arrived and look at the writing on the wall and understand how important it is to make the transition to get more bodies in space so that you don't have a 31% discrepancy in completion percentage allowed on passes 10 plus air yards downfield versus passes less than 10 plus air yards downfield. And I'll get you one more stat because I told you that I tracked this, pound on these keys a little bit so you know I'm actually... Genuinely pulling these numbers up. The Dolphins on 10 plus air yard attempts downfield this year. 45% completion. They allowed 10 passing touchdowns and nine interceptions, is what they logged on 10 plus air yards downfield. The Dolphins on the season conceded 28, 28, excuse me, 27 passing touchdowns. So 17 of the passing touchdowns and all of their interceptions came, all but one of their interceptions, excuse me, the first interception of the season uh, on the opening defensive possession when Zavian Howard tipped the ball to Javon Holland. So my math is not right here because this does not include the playoff game. Got it. So, 30 passes, 30 touchdown passes allowed, 20 of them inside of 10 plus air yards downfield. Nine interceptions on the season, and 10 interceptions on the season, and nine of them came within 10 plus air yards or beyond 10 plus air yards downfield. So, opposing quarterbacks, we got there eventually, had a 20 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio and a 76% completion percentage inside of 10 yards, not five yards, not behind the line of scrimmage, 10 yards. The Dolphins would dramatically benefit from having an additional body in coverage to better space the intermediate and shallow areas of the field. And that is why it is necessary for this schematic change to happen that we are seeing the Dolphins illustrate with the writing on the wall based on the candidates that they're interested in hiring to happen. And as the numbers tell us, they've got a front that's capable of doing it. So let's see who they pick. We'll see if they get any traction this weekend. Uh, They've interviewed four candidates at this point for the defensive coordinator spot, looking to tie that thing up. We'll see if they get it before our Monday show. So make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins, your team every day. I appreciate you guys checking out the podcast. Make it a great Rest of your day today. Make it a great weekend. Enjoy the conference championship games. And we'll be back again to talk with you all on Monday.